Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, please visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Good morning again. My name is Matt. Uh, Great to be with you this morning. Uh, If you have a Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and uh, turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and we'll pick up there in a moment. Uh, We officially ended our series in the book of Ephesians uh, last week, if you were here with us, Uh, but today is an interesting day in the life of our church. Um, because every Labor Day Sunday, ever since we, we first officially gathered as a church, uh, Labor Day Sunday three years ago, and our first gathering of, with, as a church on a Labor Day Sunday was just uh, to come together and to pray. And so we've kind of made that a church tradition for us, that every Labor Day Sunday, uh, it's, it's kind of a soft start to our new year as a church and a soft start to the vision series, and we really love to kind of start our our new year as a church in prayer. Uh, And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning. But I noticed that as we were finishing up our series in the book of Ephesians last week, we actually ran out of time to to cover some key verses at the end uh, that play really well into what we're doing today. And so I want to read these verses as, as kind of a foundation for what we're about to do as a church. Uh, But as Paul is finishing up his letter to the Ephesians, uh, and he's talking about spiritual warfare, he's talking about how we can be victorious in advancing God's kingdom, and he ends by talking about one of the greatest weapons that we have at our disposal. And he doesn't build this weapon into the armor analogy, for those of you who were here last week, uh, at least not in an obvious way. But for Paul, this is one continuous thought. So this is the end of a book of Ephesians, uh, chapter, uh, or sorry, verse 17. He said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And here's verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, Paul says. In the power of the Spirit, being conscious of the Spirit, drawing your attention to the Spirit of God at work within you and among us. Saying pray, drawing on the faith and the expectation that you have. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In this, Paul is saying, the dominion of darkness will flee. In this, God's kingdom will advance. In this, reality begins to change as we bring our simple, humble, spirit-filled 
faith-filled prayers to God. As we pray in the Spirit, God changes things. Mountains are moved. Movements are set in motion. Lost people come to a saving faith in Jesus. Reality begins to shift in favor of the kingdom of God. So pray, he says. Pray for God to move. Pray for one another. Pray for all the Lord's people all over the world. And in verse 19, he says, Pray for me also, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. And so, as we enter this new church year together, one of my, my hopes, my, my dreams, my desires for our community is that we would rely on prayer like we never have before. That we would be and become a praying people who, who think high thoughts about the power of prayer and the power of God to answer them. And so I want us to ask God for big and impossible things uh, today and this year, uh, knowing that God can do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime through our own labor, through our own self-effort, through our own clever strategies. God can do more. And so we bring those prayers to Him, uh, knowing that the words we're about to speak this morning, in the power of the Spirit, exercising the faith that we have, uh, they move the heart and the hands of God as He responds to His children. Uh, and so we're going to pray in three rounds this morning. Uh, first, we're going to pray for the nations uh, and a few in particular that we have unique relationships with. Uh, then we're going to pray for kind of more of our local context, city and church. And finally, we'll end by praying for ourselves. Uh, but I was struck as I was kind of meditating on these final verses in Ephesians. I was struck by this phrase. Paul says, pray that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should. And so one of the things that I want us to do this morning as we pray uh, is to pray that the gospel would be proclaimed fearlessly both here and abroad. That we would carry that idea that in the face of opposition, and no matter which country you live in, you will face opposition of one form or another. And so this prayer is applicable all over the world. But we want to pray that we would proclaim it fearlessly as we should. And so my invitation for you uh, is that as we gather, and if you're, if you're brand new to church, this is your first time at River's Edge, you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you, you, don't, you don't have to pray. Um, you, you can just hang out and just listen and, and just observe and absorb and whatever. Um, but for, for anyone here who's willing, I, I want to challenge you to, to lift up your voice to God this morning, uh, to exercise the faith that you have. Whether you feel like it's a ton of faith or a little bit of faith, just say, I'm going to exercise the faith that I have in, in praying in the Spirit, believing that God's going to change reality as a result. And so we'll go ahead and I'll invite up uh, Tracy and Janny, and they're going to lead us uh, in kind of sharing some things we can pray for for our first round of prayer. Thanks, Matt. 
We should have a slide, kind of a slideshow coming up here. Um, we're kind of ta talking uh, this morning about some of the things that are important to us as a church family, gathered church family, but also the things that um, influence why we do what we do, uh, both uh, locally, nationally, and globally. And so uh, one of the things that we're a part of, we're a part of three different church planning networks, if you don't know that. One is a local one that, that Matt and I are um, meeting with different pastors in the Spokane area. There's a, a regional one called the Jesus Church Network. There's also Regions Beyond, which is a global church planting network, a gathering of people around um, the nations. And uh, the three things that are important to Regions Beyond are this. The first is for him. In all that we do, God is sovereign. This is what we believe. As individuals, we seek to run faithfully in the lane he has set before us and bring glory to his name. We're for one another. Relationships hold us together. We build friendships and live out our value of being there for one another's success. And we're for the nations. We have vision for worldwide mission, taking the gospel to the nations. Tracy and I had an opportunity this summer to go out into the nations. We were in the Philippines where uh, people gathered from, I think, 13 different nations. And we were part of a conference called Gospel Advance and also a conference that's called Together for the Nations. And the scripture that I just want to read a scripture as we get started um, that is the scripture that compels us to have a heart for the nations and to have a heart for the gospel advancing to the ends of the earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And so that's what we believe. We believe that we, if you look right up there on the banner, that's what we've had up all year here at River's Edge. And we're a part of that. And if you go to the next slide, it shows the continents uh, of, the, of the world, basically. We're involved in, in actual churches and church plants in six different continents right now. This church, River's Edge, is in relationship with churches on six different continents. We have relationships with over 200 churches from I think more than 39 different nations now, but on six different continents. And the next slide shows the four different churches that we prayed into last year. So if you were here a year ago, in the top left corner, Pastor Leifa Kolasang from the Manyat Sang, the Sepong Church in South Africa. The top right is George Dada. He is in Liberia. And the bottom left is our Filipino friends that um, continue to kind of explode. The next slide shows a little bit about what God has been doing. So from what we prayed for one year ago, in George, where George is in Liberia, he now is pushing into Sierra Leone, two churches in Guinea, and he started a work in Cote d'Ivoire. God is just like opening doors for him. And it's, it's amazing to, to see what God is doing there. In, uh, in uh, the China area in the center there and in Pakistan, we... Recently, when we were in uh, the Philippines, we got relationships started with pastors in Nepal, in Bhutan, two in India. These are on the northern India border, um, uh, Bangalore, West Bengal, in uh, Siliguri, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. The church has come under persecution in this last year, 
it's basically caused it's caused the church just like in in the time of of jesus it's caused the church to expand in the philippines we started with a, a church in Quezon City and a church plant in Bulacan. We've just planted one in Caloacan. There's a church beginning in Tarlac City, in Tagig City, Palawan, Zambales, and Cebu. That's eight different locations that have expanded out in the last, just the last four years. As we have been praying into that, the rest of regions beyond around the world has been praying into that, and God has been working. And so those are amazing things, I, I think. I mean, when I see these, these videos of these guys, uh, men and women, couples who are pouring out their lives for the gospel, who are doing exactly what Matt talked about in the end of Ephesians chapter 6, that they are fearlessly preaching the gospel. And, and that is, that's happening right now. In India, in northern India, Pastor Benoy is with the Bethel Church. Next slide. This is a Liberia on the top. There's two churches in Gateway, City Hill, and uh, two churches in Liberia, uh, City Hill and Gateway. They're planting a third church in the middle of in the middle of Liberia. I think close to where you guys were. Um, it's it's a little bit more of a of an established area. Um, he's got two church plants in Guinea. Like I said, he's moved into Cote d'Ivoire and now into Sierra Leone. So we can be praying for them. I want us to. Um, to take to heart what Matt said seriously. So we, if we would gather in just little groups, you can mess up the chairs, you can turn them towards one another, and we want to be praying for some of these people specifically. So being to be able to go and encourage them sometime in 2021, Matt and I, um, and possibly some of you. So that was a seed planted if God really gets into your heart about wanting to go. Um, in Liberia, George Dada and the many uh, works that are going on there, in the Philippines, Pastor Kim and Michael and the eight different church plants that are going on there. Uh, one of those is just on your heart. Um, would you just lift them up in prayer? So let's turn, let's turn our chairs towards one another now and, uh, and pray for the churches around the world. You can go ahead and uh, wrap up your prayers in your group. Uh, two... Two quick things I wanted to share that just came up while we were praying. Uh, the first is that uh, all of our our partners around the world, uh, there, it's not just like a me and Tracy thing. Like, oh, we go out to the nations and then like report back and to encourage the church. It's actually a church thing. Uh, and so, if anyone in this room, even as we've been praying, if you felt a special tug toward any one of those nations and felt, wow, I'd love to like go there. Uh, I'd love to go and encourage our brothers and sisters in you know, the underground church in China or in Pakistan or in Northern India or whatever it is. Um, you have permission, you're encouraged, um, you're invited, uh, whatever the phrasing would be. There's nothing to stop you from going to any of the, the nations that Tracy just talked about. And some of that could be through a River's Edge trip or with me or with Tracy, um, but if you feel like, oh, I want to go for a week or I want to go for a year or whatever it is, uh, the doors open and the invitation is there. Uh, so I just wanted to encourage you with that. And then the second thing was that as we've been praying for the nations, I just couldn't get Psalm 2 out of my mind. And so I want to read this psalm uh, and, and kind of pray this over our brothers and sisters around the world, uh, most of whom are under oppressive governments. 
Um, and then we'll, we'll continue with one more song of worship here. Uh, Psalm 2 says this. It says, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Uh, and in a sense, that's what we're doing as, as adopted sons and daughters of God. We were coming to him this morning asking for the nations as an inheritance and the ends of the earth as a possession for the kingdom of God. Um, so I'm going to just pray that real quick over our brothers and sisters, and then uh, we'll, we'll sing a song together. Lord Jesus, we recognize you as the king over the earth, as the king over every nation, as the king over every government, whether they fall in line with you or don't, whether they respect you or not, whether they persecute your people or they don't. Uh, we, we come to you, Lord. We lift up our brothers and sisters, our partners, who have blessed us as much as we've ever blessed them. Uh, and we ask that, that, God, you would bless them in this coming year, that you would grow them in this coming year, that, that we would be able to stand up here a year from now and say, because of the prayers that were prayed, because of the gospel being proclaimed fearlessly in every nation on earth, here's what happened, here's what God has done, here's the people saved, here's the churches planted, here's the atmosphere of entire cities that were changed, because we come in the power of the Spirit and we say, make the nations the inheritance of your people, Lord, and the ends of the earth a possession for your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue in worship together. And, uh... All right, I'm going to lead us into the next little prayer segment. Um, and while I was thinking about this, we're going to be praying for Spokane and the church. Um, I was really moved by this verse that I feel like pertains. So I'm going to read. Um, this is from John. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just, if I, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has none, no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Um, and you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. So if we're going to be praying for Spokane and for the church, I think it's kind of based on love. Um, if we don't love Spokane, how are we going to be the church in Spokane? How are we going to bring the kingdom? Um, and I feel like it's pretty obvious that if we are a church of God, we love and we bear good fruit. And I feel like we should be known in Spokane for our love and our kindness and um, 
perfect love cast out fear. And I know that when Emily shared about the poor and how she would originally she'd be scared walking by certain people just because it can be terrifying. And I was really moved by that because I so easily um, don't want to walk in certain districts of our city because they, they're sketchy to me and I'm, I'm fearful. Um, but if perfect love cast out fear, then there must not be perfect love <laughs> being produced out of my life. So um, there's a couple things I think we could pray for is God's vision for our city There's nothing that we can come up with that is better than God's plan. So just asking for God and actually waiting to hear what God has for our city so that we can move in his will um, and that we're never walking out or out of step with God's will because that would be foolish. Uh, Second is that we pray for our church, that we will be known as a people who love and love well and love the way that God intended us to love. Um, And that lastly, that we can just pray for um, our hearts to be changed for this city. Um, because if we love this city the way God loved this city, I do think we would look a lot different, (laughs) because these are his children walking the streets, and we are his children, and we are all the same, and so we have our brothers and sisters in Christ that are walking around looking for something to fill the void of God, whether drugs or relationships that are poor, or seeking just money and power, like there's so many things that we fill this void with, and it's never lasting because God is. Um, so for our hearts to change toward the city, God's vision for the city, and I can't remember what the other one was. So I hope you guys do. Sorry. Um, anyways, that was a really bad way to end it, but let's pray to our perfect God. Prayer. So like Matt, said this last one will be praying for each other praying for ourselves uh, to fearlessly proclaim the gospel um tracy and danny read uh the great commission before uh and i just want to look at it again uh because one of the best traps you run into as a as a freshman in bible college is the professor that stands up and says all right Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All right, where's the command? And everyone goes, go! And nope. You all look like fools. Uh, No, the command, the imperative is actually make disciples. Um, The word go is actually a participle, which better understood as while you're going or just this kind of setting setting the the setting. Uh, But the command is to make disciples. Uh, So I like to think of it as, while we're going about our daily lives, make disciples. Uh, So that's one of the commands for each and every one of us. And I remember hearing a a story a couple years ago of this radio host who was an atheist. He decided he was going to read the Bible in a year and see where where that got him, you know. Uh, Basically show that it didn't do anything, right? And so he... He read the Bible in a year, and at the end, he got on his radio show, and nothing, he, he hadn't changed, really, but one of the things that he said was, if Christians actually believe this, they must hate the people they don't tell this to. Um, and that's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but true in the sense of, if we really believe that the gospel saves, if we really believe that the gospel changes lives, then it's one of the greatest acts of love to tell other people the gospel. And so, do we love people or do we hate them? So, uh, 
kind of thinking back to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, that I preached on a couple weeks ago, I think God has given this church uh, specifically very gifted leaders, leaders who um, share the gospel, um, leaders who can help you uh, share the gospel, can equip you to do this. Um, and so for me, one of the most kind of freeing things uh, when it comes to proclaiming the gospel to other people is that the only thing we're called to do is to proclaim the gospel, and then we just kind of need to take a step back and let the Spirit do his work. Uh, We can't change people's minds. We can't make people believe something, but what we are supposed to do is what we're called to do. And I think of of Romans 1.16, from unashamed of the gospel because it's the power of, of God. Uh, for salvation. Uh, so as we move into this third and final time of prayer, um, and as we pray for one another, as we pray for ourselves, I just want everyone to pray for boldness, pray for uh, kind of the removal of, of fear and shame. I know that's something that I felt a lot, like what what will this other person think if I say this? Like they'll think I'm a fool, they'll think I'm you know, an idiot, but that's kind of the point, right? We're supposed to look like fools for the gospel. Uh, So if this is, especially if this is something that you struggle with, if you struggle with kind of taking that first step and and sharing the gospel with someone, let the people around you know, let them lay hands on you, let them pray for you, um, and and even find someone after that's a leader here and, and ask for help, ask how, how can I share the gospel? Uh, so let's gather back up and pray for one another that we would fearlessly uh, proclaim the gospel. Uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, he took bread and he broke it. Uh, and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took wine and he poured it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, this represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant, uh, poured out for many and for the forgiveness of sin. Uh, and, and I've heard it said before in the missionary sense that, uh, that Jesus came, and just like the bread, uh, he was broken, and then he was blessed, and then he was given for our behalf. Uh, And as followers of Jesus, as salt and light sent out by our Heavenly Father into the world, uh, we are those same things. (laughs) We are broken, every one of us. We're blessed, every single one of us. And we're given. We're given for Him. We're given for one another. We're given for the nations and the neighborhoods and everything else. In our brokenness, in our blessedness, we're given. We follow the same pattern as that bread. We follow the same pattern of the bread of life, who is Jesus. Uh, I'll pray, and then we'll take communion together. (sighs) Jesus, thank you um, that you were not content, um, that in your courage, in your boldness, in your love, you were not content. Your love was too fierce to allow you to just remain on the throne to allow you to sit back and say, hey, whoever comes to me, uh, comes to me, but, you know, the rest is, is whatever. Uh, your love was too fierce for that. You were, you were compelled by your own nature uh, off of the throne, 
down into humanity, down to the, to the lowest spot. You assume the, role, assume the role of a servant, and you went to death, even death on a cross. You were broken, you were blessed, and you were given. God, I pray over each one of us uh, as, as adopted brothers and sisters, uh, as co-heirs with Christ, that we would be broken, that we would be blessed, and that we would be given for the nations and for the neighborhoods, God. Would you go before us? Would you carry us in this mission? Would the majority of church happen outside of these walls as we follow you into the nations and the neighborhoods? We receive from you now, Jesus, in your name.